This conversation is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh. Well, everybody, if you haven't figured out by now, I am personally taking this entire interview off the rails, off the tracks. Here we go. Welcome. Look who's here. As I said in the beginning of my diatribe, I am so honored to have these two ladies hang out with me today. I'm thrilled. They're two of my all-time favorite people on the planet. They mean so much to this industry. They've meant so much to me in my life and my career. I had no choice but to say, if I got the unicorn, I got to be a unicorn myself. So I'm coming in hard in the paint right now, unicorned up for this episode. So welcome, everybody. Just I'm not even going to get in that. Deep. Just welcome, Yulia and Lisa, everybody. Just welcome. Welcome, you two. I am so stoked you're here. I'm so stoked to be here. We are. Wow, you're with a unicorn. I mean, you didn't think you were going to get a unicorn today, did you? No. We feel very yeah. special. Yes. <laughs> I feel special. I feel more special and than you And you look do. special. You look I special, I, more importantly. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel special. I feel um, I, I, I feel weird, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie to you. This is, But I look good, and I feel good in it. So that's what matters. It's how I feel inside, not how I look outside. Todd, no, you're always so. anyway. I know. I thank you. I appreciate that. All right, so we're unicorned up. We're ready to roll. All right, ladies, let's do this. because This is going to be a ton of fun. You know, I, I and I said to you in the beginning of this when we were talking before I flipped on the camera, we got started. I'm not a real bio reader, or you know, I just think it's again, I think it's a little campy. It's better from your heart. So, Lisa, kick us off. Tell everybody who you are, because like, like, well, tell tell the three people on the planet who don't know who you are. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, these days I feel like I know less and less because I go into these conferences. And I'm like, wow, who are these new people out here? Which I'm excited to see because we do work and live in such an amazing industry. Well, um, there's no doubt. <laughs> hello, everybody. My name is Lisa McNeese. Um, I am vice president of food service and industrial sales for Groomway Farms. Um, we are a leading care company, actually the world's largest care company here, um, based in Bakersfield, California. I've been with Groomway I hate to say it. I mean, I don't hate to say it, but it's been so long. It's been 31 years at, in March of last March. Wow. So, as it was 31 years. 31 years. 31 Damn. years. And a lot has happened. I mean, it's been crazy because when I initially started here, my job when I was hired was to come over here and work for a, a small carrot shipper who was just starting to get into a new item, baby peeled carrots. Yeah. So I worked between sales and production coordinator and trying to, we were making, I think, maybe 40 cases a day. And I mean, now look where we're at. We're making a million pounds a week and more than, I mean, millions of pounds a week. Pounds a week. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of my, my bio in a nutshell. I mean, I, um, I love this company. I love this organization. I love this industry and it's been a fun ride. No two ways. All right, Nelia, for the other three people on the planet, don't know who you are. Go ahead. You go. Nelia Alamo. I am currently with Calavo and I've been, I just did the math. I've been in the produce industry for 26 years. I started my career at Gills Onions in a sales and marketing role for about 18 years and been with Calavo uh, Renaissance Food Group, which is now Calavo um, for the past almost eight years. And yeah, same with Lisa, love the industry. I mean, it's like, it's kind of infectious once you get in it. You, you just, the people are great. The, the products are great. Like it's just, there's, there's a no lose situation. It's, it's, there's a risk because everything we do, you know, is subject to mother nature, but uh, couldn't be prouder to be in the produce industry. 
Well, you know, you're right. There's a kinship. There's, there's, this is a, this is a um, relationship driven business. And those that think that it's not as much as they want to try to change that narrative, I don't think it ends the ultimate success of any business or any company that's in this space, because you're dealing with a category that's centered around morals and values. You know, it's not the same feel to go to the grocery store to buy a paper towel as it is to go buy an avocado or a carrot. Let's be truthful. Um, but you also have an impact in the world in a lot of ways with what you eat and how you spend your dollars. And so there's that connective tissue that we have to represent back to the consumer. And I think as a shipper or as somebody that's in between getting to that consumer, whatever level you're at, if you don't respect that relationship that's driven with that consumer, I think it nips you in the ass every time, personally. You know, I really do. I agree. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know, just the relationships that we form and build, to me, it's not even, and I think you guys can all agree to this, is even some of these retailers and food service directors, even when they leave the industry, they're still my friends. I mean, yeah. that, that's the friendship that's out there and you build upon it. And, you know, you know, their spouses, you know, their kids. I mean, I know I'm looking at the two of you, I know how we've all built our own personal relationships, you know, even amongst ourselves, but it, within the industry. And yeah. it's, it's. Well, and I yeah, think I would... this industry is so generous with their time and their knowledge too. And then just like being like an openness to share, you know, best practices or leaning on each other when, you know, you have a question, you don't have an answer. And I, I feel like there's not a competitive as competitive nature that might be in some other industries where the produce industry is like, let's share best practices. Let's, you know, if I know something that can help benefit you, like we're all in this kind of together. And I think that, that, you know, perpetrates throughout the industry and it's, mm -hmm. it's really special, honestly. I, I agree with you. I think there's a commonality there. And I, you know, I got a great expression. Somebody said the other day when I was in a talking with them about how, you know, like something like food safety is not a competitive issue. Right. It's, and so, you know, that's a lot about to your point, Neely, about this industry is that, you know, yes, we're, we all may be shucking blueberries, whatever the case may be, but ultimately our number one goal is to decrease consumption of blueberries. And, you know, if I can get somebody, and I, I firmly believe this, if I can get somebody to go eat a blueberry, whether it's mine or not, at least we got them eating blueberries, right? That's a win for the team. And ultimately that win comes back in individual ways for each of, you know, each shipper. So it's, you know, I agree wholeheartedly. Well said. So let's, let's get in a little bit of what you guys are doing right now. If you don't mind, I want to talk a little bit because things are a little bit different. Like Nelia, you know, you Calavo now publicly traded company. That's whole, that's totally different, right? That's yeah. a different vibe and dealing with. And so how has that been? I mean, how's that kind of, what's the change been for you with that? Well, it's been interesting because I grew up, you know, produce my family's in farming um very proud of family heritage and what they've yeah. done and what they've accomplished and the opportunities that i you know had early in my career and coming to you know again i my path came through renaissance food group which was you know longtime customer of mine and um coming from gills onions which was you know vertically integrated you know single commodity grower processor shipper to the Renaissance side at the time, which was so diversified, um, was very interesting. And being a wholly owned subsidiary of Calavo being publicly traded is, is really, it's been a, a unique learning curve. I've learned so much. I think it provides a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of transparency um, in being a publicly traded company. And there's a lot of complexity to that too. So um, I 
I take everything as uh, an interesting, you know, what can I learn from this? What can I take? It's continue. I think we all kind of continue to grow through our career paths and, and it's been a fun one that, that certainly taught me a lot. Yeah, there's no doubt getting into a public trading company, it's a whole different world. Right? You have to think, you have to think differently. There's, you know, you, you got a secret handshake, but you can't do it anymore. <laughs> and you got all kinds of crap. Well, Lisa, you're no different though. I mean, you know, there's been a massive amount of change at Grimway in the last, was it been two years? I don't even know. Well, call it yeah. two years. Yeah, two years, which had to be bittersweet in some ways for you've been there for 31 years. I mean, you had such a great relationship with Rod and with Bob and continue with the Grimm family, no two ways about it. So this has to be a little bit of a transitional change in some way. Can you talk a touch on that a little bit from yeah. your perspective? You know, it was really, um, I never thought they would sell. I mean, I just never thought they would sell because it was family. And um, to be honest, I mean, you look in our industry these days, there are very few companies own family owned companies. anymore. I mean, there used to be so many of them and now there's um, probably two hands, um, maybe, maybe more than that. But so when Grimm's came to us and said they were looking at selling, um, and they did share with a few of us that they were looking at that and our, our executive team share with us. And I was like kind of in disbelief. And the fact that they, were, <laughs> when they came to us was like in September and they planned on being sold, um, by the first of the year, I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. Are you going to sure. put up a sign in the front, like a yard sale? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> $5. <laughs> and you know, I am so happy for them. I mean, really to think about this family and where they started and how large our company is. I'm so proud to be a part of this organization. Um, yeah. But they, they had several, they had a few offers and, they, and the company they chose, um, Chase River, which everyone's aware of, um, the Grimms felt was close enough to their culture. You know, they believe, they felt Chase was going to take care of us and they have. Yeah. Um, they're a great organization. They, they let us do our thing, you know, um, like, not broken. No. And to, and you know, exactly. They bought a successful company though. We've had a few challenges in the past few years. We've, we've, we've made our way through them. And to Nelia's point, um, it's, it's challenging. It's learning. It's, I mean, you know, I don't want to say it was a mom and pop store grooms, but it was, we started small and we grew yeah. and yeah. now, we're, we're big, we're big boys and big girls, you know, and, and we're having to do things that we haven't ever had to do in the past. Um, and the family seemed to manage that. They wanted to keep that near and dear to the, their hearts. And, and Todd, you were a part of our organization. I mean, I don't know how yeah. many people, I'm sure people remember that, but you worked with Kel Organic for many years and we, yeah. you know, we had fun together. Um, and the Grimm's were always fair, but I, I feel like I don't know. I just feel like everything's still the same. Um, sure. People, some people have moved on in different roles and everything else, but um, I'm excited about what the future holds and change is, I don't want to say it's always, you, you always look at change as a kind of a scary place. Mm -hmm. time, but honestly, it pushes you and it pushes you to, to whether you want to stay, get out, learn. Um, there's so many opportunities to change and I'm, I'm open arms. I'm welcoming you. Welcoming you. Yeah. Thanks for joining the Toddversation. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Nelia Alamo at Calavo. Thanks for listening to Toddversations. At Calavo, we are the family of fresh. For almost 100 years, our passion has been bringing delicious and nutritious food to your table. From tasty, wholesome produce to our freshly prepared foods, 
Calavo is a global leader in the finest quality produce and a pioneer of healthy, fresh-cut fruits, vegetables, and prepared foods. Whether it's our farm-fresh avocados, tomatoes, Hawaiian papayas, or chef-inspired solutions including fresh-cut fruits, veggies, guacamole, and much more, Calavo takes pride in delivering our fabulously fresh products every day. It's our promise from our foodie family to yours. Check us out at Calavo.com and learn why we are excited about your fresh possibilities ahead. Well, I, I agree. And I think, look, I think, I think you learn more out of change and adversity than you do by a lot of times just by success. A lot of times yeah. success is just like, hey, look, I won the lottery, right? But then it's that adversary afterwards, like, oh, shit, I don't know how to manage money. So, you know, you're right. It's, it's a change. Yeah, well, I, Amelia, think, I, think, I think all of us, I think it, in my career, I can, I can talk more about the mistakes I've made and the lessons I've learned from them yeah. too and, and change. And it's like, okay, that's, that, those are the real value um, pieces in, that have been instrumental in my growth and development versus just staying kind of status quo or the same. So, yeah, agreed. I love yeah. that. And let's stay, let's stay on that a little bit because, you know, you, you guys have, have, have had an amazing tenure and continue to have an amazing tenure. You've influenced a shit ton of people in your careers. There's no doubt. But when you look at your careers, like who's helped shape you to where you are today, right? I mean, it's, it's everybody, you know, and I'm a big believer in mentors. I talk about it all the time. I think it's so important. Mentors really nothing more than being a friend. That's what it really, you know, it's just a fancy way of saying that in a lot of ways. But who's, you know, who's, you know, who's helped shape you today and who's influencing even now? Who's influencing you like? for tomorrow and stuff that you're looking at, that, you, that you're finding leadership from? Either one of you, who wants to go flip a coin? No, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I can say I can make the unicorn pick. I put the hat. <laughs> By the way, if you notice, I took the unicorn hat off. I, I can yeah, tell you're getting a little hot under Oh, this. my God. It's yeah. incredibly hot. I can't even imagine. But again, who, you wear it well. You're wearing yes. it well. I don't know why anybody would want to wear this. Why would you put this on and go outside? Why not? Not only do you look, I mean, you look amazing, obviously, but my God, you're going to die. You're going to die by the time you get to the car of sweat. It's, 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 it's this is crazy. I'm going to lose 15 pounds. I'm going to literally lose 15 pounds while we talk. Well, then I want one. Sold. I, know. I would like one. <laughs> hey, I'll give you one after this cheap. I don't know if I want that one. but No, you don't. You don't. Um, so, yeah, I think there's been a lot of, I, I think that's, again, when I talk about the generosity of our industry, that's, that's kind of the cornerstone of who we are. And Lisa McNeese has been one of the most generous, like, mentors in the industry, she was always one to create kind of this atmosphere of let's, let's, you know, we've all got the same customers and we might compete a little bit, but let's, you know, share best practices and let's get together. Uh, I have Lori Coster, who was a great mentor to me, Jen Arman, Raina Nelson. Like I, I feel like there's been so many and I'm, I'm naming mostly women, but there's been some strong leaders. We've been in the industry a long time. Um, and I think there's a lot of those that, that we really admire that have kind of had amazing careers that, um, that we, I, you know, want to emulate after them, Cheryl Enlow, I want to shout out to her cause she's uh, someone on our team, but yeah, no, I, I feel like mentorship is, um, so valuable in, in career growth. And I think even now um, with the virtual environment, I think there's been some opportunities to do some mentorship for me, mentoring younger um, 
younger folks in the industry. And I learned so much from them from their perspective too. So I think that that mentorship goes both ways. So it's, it's really nice. Uh, There's a lot of, you know, a lot of rich knowledge in there, but I think that's where, again, the produce industry has been so giving of taking people under your wing and not making you feel like you're someone new that doesn't have the same knowledge they do, but it's more like, well, let me bring you along and let me show you you know, what I know and, and help enrich kind of your career path and development. I love that. Lise, how about you? You know, um, a lot, it's funny because it's like you said, mentorship is friendship. And a lot of it has been um, just kind of the camaraderie that we've had with so many wonderful women. Um, Recently we were at OPS and Nelia and her sister, Nikki, Lori Coster and Gina, my sister Michelle and I, all produce women, got together. Now, those those know that Gina and Lori are now, they, they were owners of man packing, they're no longer involved. But I enjoy the camaraderie. And, mm-hmm. and Lori has been a, 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 all those ladies have been wonderful mentors for me as well. Because you continue to learn. I don't care if you're not learning every day or wanting to listen, then then you don't you shouldn't be around this industry because everyone has something to offer no no matter how long they've been in this industry it's you know whether they're fresh I love these new young adults coming in because I personally am not that tech savvy and so (laughs) you know they come in and they teach me things and I'm amazed and then I'll ask them please can you educate me and teach me a little more because I don't want I don't want to just go say hey can you do this for me I want to be involved in it too as well Um, I should have them come over and make my VCR stop flashing 12s (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but you know i've had some powerful you you think about like frida kaplan you know um carolyn ponya um they were always so wonderful and and caring and you know wanting to teach you things and um and i think if you really you know really listened and paid attention you could learn so much from them and then i've had some wonderful wonderful men as, as my um, mentors as well. And, you know, they've been, I, I think about the Frank Padillas of the world, Dix Pisano, Dix Pisano and I worked side by side for so long after he retired, you know, yeah. and now, now he just recently retired again. So that is one person I always thought I would love to, to emulate because he is, he's an amazing man where he was in retail for so many years and had the respect and yet then when he went out on his own, he still had the respect from, from the industry. And that says yeah. a lot about people. And that's another, another one's Reggie Griffin, which Todd, you and I, and, and Amelia, we all did a lot with Reggie as well. The amazing Mr. Teeter. Yes. <laughs> that's another story for another time. <laughs> no doubt. Well, so I want to get, let's, because you, you're talking about people that have been influential to you, but let's be fair. You guys are also giving back so much to this industry, right? And, and it's really what's important to me. And this question is really important because I think that it, as we talk to young people today and people listen to this broadcast and see what we're talking about, and, and you know, it's really important to be thinking about what are you doing to give back, right? It's real easy. It's real easy to be, you know, an armchair quarterback. I mean, and, you know, the best people that played in the NFL talk about it Monday morning, right? Not with not in the game on Sunday type of a deal. So. Why, you know, what is it taught you giving back to people and giving back to the industry? And more importantly, why does it matter 
those are kind of my two frames. And I have a third question I'm going to throw at you after this one. But, you know, I don't know, whichever wants to take it. Neil, you can go first on this one. You know, what's it taught you about giving back? Well, I, again, it's, there's growth opportunities. I, I get as much as I can give. So if I can give back, it's something that I can learn. Um, I think involvement in our industry has been huge from, a, from again, from Lisa said, it's, it's, it's so much more than just, you know, mentors. It's, it's true friendships. Um, and, and, and again, we work in an industry that is about, essentially health and wellness. We're selling produce. We're selling things that are good for you. And there's, there's mm-hmm. ways that we can give back to the industry and create awareness amongst our categories that, again, there's no downside to that. So um, for me, it's, uh, it's been instrumental. And I've, I've been grateful, I think, for the opportunities that I've been allowed to give back um, through various trade associations. Um, and I'm, I'm really, again, thankful and grateful for those opportunities. But I think there's, there's so much value in that from, from, you know, a lot of different aspects. Yeah, for sure. Lisa, how about you? What's it taught you and, and why does it matter? You know what? It's humbled me in so many ways. Um, I think when you, you get involved, it, it, it creates such an, an enormous opportunities for, for myself and for others to be working side by side for, for the good of our industry, for the good of just, you know, being able to feed America and stuff. For example, I'm on the foundation and um, board for um, IFPA. And, you know, we're looking at ways of being able to create um, opportunities for this, um, you know, for insecurity, for food insecurity. And able to, but again, it takes, it takes, it takes a village it it takes a lot of money it takes you know to get this to be bigger than we ever can expect and that's what that is our goal I mean you want to reach for the stars I'll reach for you Todd you have the stars there so you know I mean I want and I think it's it's so so rewarding um to be able to accomplish something and I think the three of us are pretty much eight personalities here. So, you know, when we want something, we go for it and nothing stop us. But again, it goes all the way back to the relationships that you build um, and, and um, being able to create opportunities with those, those relationships. Yeah, so. I love that. Well, then, so let me throw this question to both of you because to kind of round this out. Why do we need more people to serve and give back? Right. I mean, because it, it, I, I see a trend where people, you know, some people get involved because it looks great on their resume. I've seen that a gazillion times. It's like, oh, this is a great next step for me. But at the end of the day, that's so short sighted. And you don't come in with any proper energy. You don't come in with a bigger vision about a bigger goal and trying to win and get the ball down the field, whatever expression you want to use. So why do we need more people to serve and give back? Lisa, you can take it. Well, we need more people, but we need more people to your point, not just for it to be on the, on, uh, you know, their name Check to be on the yeah, to, you know, it needs, they need to be involved. And, and we all, we've all been on those boards where we see the same people that don't show up for the meetings and, you know, but we need the passion. I mean, as an industry, there's so much we can all offer and, you know, everyone offers something different. There's, there's those of us that, you know, book smart, street smart, uh, tech smart, whatever, you know, I mean, you think you bring all that together and it creates so such a great, 
energy to, to make things happen. And our industry, if I, didn't, if I hadn't got involved in all the, um, the boards throughout my career, you, you joke about how many people I know, and I do know a hand, uh, quite a few. <laughs> you know, 500,000 people by their, yeah, their birthdays, their dog's name. Don't, don't, don't. You're not, you're going to bring it up. I am not going to let it go. I have never met anybody in my life ever on this planet that could walk into a room and name off every single person that's in the room. You are like some weird savant. You're like rain woman of some savant Rolodex contact list. I don't even know. It's like another planet. You know, years ago, I got to digress a little. Years ago, when I used to go down to, when I first started with Grimway, Bob and Rod found out I was from the Imperial Valley. And they were trying to get growers down there. And I would go down with them every year for this barbecue. And Rod would come with us. And he said, just stand next to me. If I don't say anything to the person's name, you know, you, name, you, say, you tell me their name. Because I grew up down there, I knew all of them, but I think from that point on, and that's what some lesson I learned when you're standing there with people and they don't say hi to that individual, you definitely say their name if you know it. So that helps yeah. you know, helps continue the conversation. But I'm sorry, I digress. Oh, you're fine. Sorry, I did. I, I took us down the trail. I'm apologizing. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, it's um, it's important to be involved because if I hadn't been involved, I wouldn't have those relationships, and those relationships have t- truly helped me in my career here. Absolutely. Neil, how about you? Well, I think for me too, like with experience and age, uh, I think there's a, a shift in perspective of wanting to give back in a, at a greater passion. I mean, for my younger self was eager to, to get involved because I wanted to learn more about the industry and according like a, to network and, and meet people. And I feel like, you know, as I've gotten older now, it's like, okay, you know, I've had all this, I've had a, I proud of my career and I'm proud of our industry. How can I give back and better serve? And so I think it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a, it's a shift in thinking, at least for me. And it's like, it's a bigger priority than I think it was in, in the past. And I think that just came with experience and, and age. Yeah, no, I think, well, you're right. And I love what you said too about networking, right? Because that's really a big part of it. But if, and I think it's great. Networking is a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. But there becomes a point where are you a professional networker? Are you actually somebody that's in for the long haul and want to reinvest in this industry in ways to try to uplift and grow? Because the point, go back to what I said earlier, let's just get them to eat more blueberries. Let's worry about what brand it is downstream because ultimately we need people to eat more blueberries, right? And so I think it's super important. It's a really, really valid point. Lisa, you brought up something that I want to go back to. You know, you talked about the last two years and, you know, apparently there was this thing, there was a pandemic. I'm just reading about it now for the first time this week. Um, didn't know anything about it. COVID, COVID, I think they called it. COVID, I don't even know. Yes. COVID-19, whatever it is. So it's definitely has been a, a trip and a half. There's no two ways about it. Um, so my question is, is that from your perspective, you know, at Grimway and, and the same thing for, for you, Neil, at, at Calava, what? What has last two years kind of taught you? Um, and maybe, maybe I'll give you a two-part question. What's it taught you? And then what's kind of surprised you about the last years? Besides the fact that everybody's on Zoom wearing shorts and dress shirts. I mean, that's a given, right? Or wearing, you know, a good looking unicorn outfit. <laughs> you know, well, it taught me to be thankful. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, we are so thankful and so fortunate to be in an industry that fed the, fed the nation, fed the world. Um, you know, we, 
COVID was, I mean, as we all know, when it hit, who would have ever thought, thought that this thing would have happened, you know, I mean, and shut down everything. Um, but, and I, again, I hate this word, we pivoted like everybody else. Um, and it, the opportunities that were there, um, you know, we got involved with the, not directly, but through distribution distributors, the USDA food box, um, our organic sales were, were large. Um, the, the sales were great. I mean, that year you would have, it, it could have gone horrifically wrong and it, yeah. it did. Um, not to say we didn't have our challenges, but um, I guess when I look back at it now, because it's starting to settle, things are starting. I mean, this year we're, you know, we're, schools have been crazy for the last few years. And this year we're, we're waiting. I mean, the business is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not that fast and furious like it has been the last two years. Right. Um, so it's, you know, I think it's just trying to, I look at your crystal ball and figure out what's going to happen next. But um, again, back to my first, I think just to be thankful every day and how we're so fortunate that this industry is so resilient. Yeah. 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 I think just adding to that, I don't think, I think being grateful, I think we took for granted so many things like being able to travel or going to a concert or going to the movies or doing any of that. Um, no. It's shifted our business. It's shifted our lives. And I think, you know, as much as we, you know, shut everything down and there was, there was a lot of pain points. I felt like there was also a lot of goodness out of that. My family was one, my kids were in the height of their high school years. And so we were constantly just moving and it was just chaos. And then we stopped and we were playing you know, we were home and we had puzzles and we were playing cards and I learned my kids' personalities and my husband's and it's like, oh, who, who got what traits? And uh, it was just, it was kind of a nice pause. And I actually, at the beginning of the pandemic, I started to journal because I had no idea. I remember, I'll never forget, and in, in our corporate office, um, you know, one of our leaders is like, we need to gather everyone in the office. I want to talk about this COVID. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're just making a big deal. What is, what, you know, like, what is this? And it was, I felt like a big deal out of it and had no idea what would happen. I mean, there's no way we could predict, you know, what happened. So I think we have to look at the, you know, the, the lessons we learned from pausing and taking a deep breath and, and having some time. Um, enjoying our families, slowing down in life, but, you know, through business too, there was a lot of opportunities and, um, you know, professionally speaking, I'm like, well, this is where, you know, there's a, there was an opportunity for marketing assets. You know, we were used to seeing people in person. So like, oh, you know, like here's, here's a new channel for us to kind of shine and, and help support because we have to change the way we're doing business. And I think, you know, that's a big lesson is that we, we all have to learn how to pivot. Yeah. On a diet. Well, there's, yeah, there's no two ways about it. But, you know, it's what's interesting, too, and I want to kind of get into a little bit about consumption um, since we're on this train of thought. You know, it was, it was, say what you want to say, right? This whole thing was unbelievable. It was crazy. You can point fingers anywhere you want. It doesn't make a difference. But the bottom line issue is this was really actually a good thing for the fresh food business, especially fruits and vegetables. People were at home. They were on the, you know, they had nothing to do. They were online. They were looking at the food channel. They're like, oh, crap, I'm going to go cook chard. I'm going to go figure out what to do with papaya whatever the case may be. So we saw this, you know, natural growth in a lot of ways of people back at home reinvigorating about their food, thinking a little bit about a little bit um, 
harder about it and putting more energy into it. And with what the two of you have done in the past, and I know that you both are on the same page I am, that consumption, 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 let's increase it. Let's get the conversation. Like I've said three times about the blueberry, the same analogy, right? Let's just get, let's just figure it out. Um, one of the things that concerns me though, as things change, right? As economy changes, this and that, is that we lose track of that, right? We start to, we start to go back to our ways. You know, you go drive down the street and there's 37 cars at McDonald's today, right? And, and it's, we've, we've changed, you know, it's very easy to go backwards, right? It's real hard sometimes for us to all go forward. Um, so how important is it, do you think, to keep the conversation up about increasing fruit and vegetable consumption, you know, in front of the consumers today? Fight for it. Neil, you're the marketing person. I'm making you go first. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I again, there's, there, there's, you know, a lot of the products that we offer provide a solution outside of, of, of the health and wellness, but it's about convenience too. So I think if we can, if we can make things easy for consumers to access, and again, I don't care to your point, you know, we're selling a category. So we're selling fresh cuts as part one of our categories. Um, And so we sell time to, to consumers. And so it should be about, they're able to access it. It's not complicated. Um, you know, and, and so let's, let's compete with the, what do we call ourselves? What is it? The, um, oh, like the, the better fast food we're, we're, right. you know, it's, it's fast and it's convenient, but it's healthy. So yeah. I, I think just playing up those kind of those, those key themes around our products is important to remind consumers that, you know, produce doesn't have to be overly complicated. There are a lot of options when it comes to health and wellness and, and what we can offer for, for all consumers. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I mean, I think we need to be leaning into that. We need to be remember reminding people that, you know, uh, 18 months ago was really important. You ate your fruits and vegetables. It didn't change today, right? Just because, just because your life has changed and you feel comfortable going back, you know, let's be honest, going backwards in some ways, it's really not the best move. Lisa, over to you, the same question, you know, how do we keep that conversation moving and what, you know, especially with consumers? Well, yeah, with the consumer part, yeah, you know, I was actually going to look at a different angle here was with food service, you know, just with yeah. the food service, they, food service pretty much shut down for a while. Yeah, you got your, you guys got your asses kicked. <laughs> On the food service, <laughs> we really did. Um, but yet it's starting to come back. And I think what we're trying to do, because labor's become such a huge issue, you know, there's not, they can't get the people to work and so we're trying to really, rather than sell them a, a commodity product, is really look and give them value as far as the marketing materials, the education to their district sales reps and into the chefs of how to how they can better use the value added items, pre-cut items, ready to go. So, yeah. um, and I see that in the same way, kind of to Nelia's point, as far as value added items, what we do with the carrots, the sticks, the shred, the babies, you know, um, we, we, as you know, we slice, dice, cut carrots any which way. Um, and so, um, and, and we do, we do a little on the organic side, but it, we mostly commodity, very little value added on the, on the, the organic side. Um, but I think with consumption and you got to be very careful here too, because of whatever we want to call it, the recession or whatever these days, the cost of goods, you mm-hmm. know, the way we look at maybe marketing more items is through different, through different packaging. You know, whether it's microwavable, snacking, whatever it may be. Sure. Um, But I think you have to have a story. You got to have some recipes. You got to have something to be able to 
create interest on those packages for the consumer to take home and cook. And to your point, Todd, earlier, where people were home cooking, they were watching the, the cooking channel, they were cutting. I mean, to, you know, to both your points, it, it, that was a time when family came together because no one could go anywhere. So it was a really interesting time. Um, and I think people realized we don't have to go out all the time. But yet I still see now, I, and I kind of get excited when I see these restaurants busy too, because this is part of my business, you know, the business oh, yeah. side, get everything busy. But I'm hoping those families, like you said, are we going to go, are we going to go forward or we take two step backwards, you know? Um, yeah. No, I, and I agree with you. Look, I mean, you know, and, and the data supports, but when, when the economy turns down, like it did in 2008, fruit and vegetable consumption went down. It's, you know, it's, I'm not making up, go read it. It's not hard. Go, go use the Google machine. You can find it. Um, but it, it's certainly, it's, it's a positive note to see the economy <coughs> coming back, restaurants coming back. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm all choked up. I'm getting fur. I'm actually getting fur. That's what's happening. I'm having, I'm having, I'm shedding unicorn skin right here as I'm speaking. This is what's happening. This is what unicorns do. We do not stay in our skin long. We, we constantly molt and have new stars. And so it, I, you probably don't know that, but again, you, you don't have a unicorn outfit. I do. And by the way, just so, just so you know, my unicorn name is Unistar. That's what I want to be called from here on out too. Just, just Tim, as a point of reference. You need to change it on the bottom of your Zoom. Just yeah. Not Todd Liz. You know what? I didn't care. If we're going to make much. it official, we're going to make I, it official. I, I, I'm, yeah, but don't throw it out there and then try to just. I promise I'll change it next time. No. But, but, you know, when we think about the economy, it creates a huge challenge, right? Because there's this, there's this perception that, you know, in America, in my opinion, that cheap is the best way to be as opposed to being better. Right. And so we start to get into this narrative of like, who can be the cheapest? We saw this in 2008. You know, hey, eight paper towels for a dime, 15 paper towels for a nickel, 37 paper towels for a penny. And it doesn't really help anybody win the day. Right. There's that fine balance. And when it comes to food, it makes me nervous when we start to cheapen food. I believe in a big believer that making food cheap, while I understand the economic narrative, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I appreciate it. But it's dangerous in the same token. So when I look at the brands that you both have, both powerhouse brands, I mean, you're, you're in, you know, I'm guessing that if I went up and down my block right now, you're one of the two of you are going to be in somebody's refrigerator if I went and opened them up, which I can't do anymore because my neighbors don't actually like me doing that any longer. But that's 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 something else we can talk about. Um, but it's a real challenge. And so as a company, as, and to your point, Lisa, you know, you're looking at different ways to be creative. I think we have to be mindful of the fact that as the economy changes and, and you know, it's, I don't see it getting better tomorrow. I see it's going to be problematic for a while. And granted, you know, innovation comes from downturn economies. There's positive things that will come out of this. There's no two ways about it. But consumption is certainly one that really bothers me and concerns me the most that we don't put a lot of energy in. So in wrapping that thing up a little bit, when you think about the challenge from an economic standpoint, are you guys having conversations internally to, you know, like, how are we going to address this? Because you can't always just, you know, you can't keep finding efficiencies. I don't care. You guys are efficiencyed out. Let's be honest, right? There's just, it doesn't exist a lot anymore. So how are you guys looking at that? And Neil, I'm going to throw it to you first. And I know it's a big blown up 5,000 word question, but, you know, are you thinking about like, if this economy in a year from now is worse, what are our steps going to be? Or are we thinking along the lines, like how are we going to keep driving consumer engagement? Well, I think it's about innovation. So it's, mm. it's how can we innovate to support that? And it, it, again, innovation doesn't necessarily mean that it's bigger and better, but what are we going to solve for, for these consumers needs? So whether it's through packaging innovation or varietal innovation or, um, you know, 
product innovation in terms of the, the diverse portfolio, I think that we've got to continue to look at that and make sure that we're solving to hit kind of all those marks because there are a lot of different needs out there um, and, and there's no one size fits all. And so we do have to have solutions for the different economic channels. And, and you know, again, I feel blessed to work with Calavo with such a broad product portfolio. So there's a lot of different ways we can address that through through that kind of innovation. So yeah, I like that. Agree. Innovation is a big byproduct of you know economic change. Lisa, how about you? I mean, you guys, what are your, you know, you guys looking ahead at like what the what if scenario? Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Nelia Alamo at Calavo. Thanks for listening to Todd Versations. At Calavo, we are the family of fresh. For almost 100 years, our passion has been bringing delicious and nutritious food to your table. From tasty, wholesome produce to our freshly prepared foods, Calavo is a global leader in the finest quality produce and a pioneer of healthy, fresh-cut fruits, vegetables, and prepared foods. Whether it's our farm-fresh avocados, tomatoes, Hawaiian papayas, or chef-inspired solutions including fresh-cut fruits, veggies, guacamole, and much more, Calavo takes pride in delivering our fabulously fresh products every day. It's our promise from our foodie family to yours. Check us out at Calavo.com and learn why we are excited about your fresh possibilities ahead. Oh, we're looking ahead. Um, you know, let's face it, doing business in California isn't easy. Um, the cost of labor, water, um, everything, fertilizer, packaging, it's it, gas. I mean, it's ridiculous. So I think, you know, what we, what we are addressing now, and it's, it's no secret, we're currently we're harvesting out of Pasco, Washington. We do that in the summer months. We come back here um, in the winter, and then we go over early winter, we go back down to Georgia, in, um, down in Georgia and Florida area and harvest out of there. And we actually have a facility out of there. We're doing babies and stuff. So we're looking at ways to, because water is a huge issue here, let's face it, unless we have that, what is the super flood that they say is coming or something, whenever, but. Um, you, know you know what, California will screw that up too. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, <laughs> to be able to grow, we're looking at seed growth, we're looking at higher yields, you know, um, we right. haven't, I've seen this through more, more CPG and stuff, when you're going in the grocery store, you've seen same price for an item. It used to be 12 ounces and now it's eight, you know? Eight, I mean, yeah. Yeah. The old shuckaroo. Yeah, exactly. And no one's paying attention. Okay. I got it. But, um, you know, we are definitely mindful of what's happening. Um, we, we are definitely being proactive rather than reactive. And just, um, as we continue to, to maneuver through the, these next few, well, through not the next few years, who knows forever. Um, we've got to look at creating value. Yeah, no, and, and thank you for both for sharing that because I know it's a it's a it's a big broad question, but I think it's really important that your perspective is heard because I think there's a lot of people that listen to this that may not be thinking about you know yeah I'm reacting to today, but am I really worried? Am I really putting a lot of energy into what tomorrow may be? What what is that what if scenario when it comes to this? You know what's going on? If, if we've learned something over the past two years with the COVID 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 nineteen, what we've learned is that 
you don't know shit, right? And so you're going to get blindsided whether you see it, you know, you're not going to see it coming. You think you know, you don't know. And this is the same thing with this economy. So I think it's great that people hear that perspective about we are looking ahead, we are thinking ahead, we're trying to pivot to make sure that we are staying in the lanes that we need to be in and being relevant and making sure that, hey, we're driving consumption, we're doing what we can to get to the consumer. It's super important because we certainly don't want them to go south and start doing 79 boxes of garbage in the grocery store as their main meal. We just can't, we can't afford to do that for our health and for our planet. There's no two ways. So appreciate that. That was a great answer. I also think it's important for, you know, there's some definitely some powerful suppliers out there, some big suppliers. And I think mm-hmm. customers, both food service and retail need to really decide, don't chase price. Something we were talking about earlier, you know, look at your partners and you need that partner, that solid partner, because those are the partners that are being proactive rather than reactive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I, you know, I, I've, I've said it all the time, you're going to sell just as many at 79 cents as you are at 89 cents, but who wins at 89? Everybody, perhaps. And you need to have that level of conversation if we want to get through this together and maintain margin and consumption and keeping the ball rolling and keeping farmers growing. You know, we, you know, we're running out of farmers in this country, right? There's a lot of stats. We don't have second generation farmers. 40 more years of topsoil, no water. I mean, you know, California alone, there's over $27 billion of voter funded bond measures that we haven't even spent yet, right? In the last 25 years. I mean, it's just the, the states, you know, there's all these issues that we that, that people don't know about. But one of the biggest ones is we've got to keep this thing moving forward and keep that consumption driving. So I appreciate that. That's great answers. I want to go back to something that I'm big on, and that's talking about equality, and especially with women in the produce space itself, because being around as long as I have, and you guys as well, right? This is not our, not our first week, our first rodeo, you know, when, when you all started, women were a minority in this industry and they certainly were not in a position of wielding any power. There weren't really a lot of women CEOs. There weren't really a lot of women vice presidents. You know, it was just a different time, um, but it's changed drastically. And for the better, no two ways about it. Like to your point, some of the women that you listed, there's some, there's some people out there doing some big things and there's just such great people to be around. Talk to me a little bit, if you wouldn't, from the perspective of like, 20 years ago, whatever, just from the past or whatever it might be. How has women's roles changed in this industry? Tough question. Big question. Go, Lisa, you're ready. I can see it. Look at her chomping yeah. at the bitch. She's like, give me this damn question. I'll you're, answer this. You've known me long enough. What do you mean? We, I didn't wield power. <laughs> well, okay. Point taken. You know what? Uh, I, I mean, in generality, <laughs> yes, you were a baller. Yes, you would kick. There wasn't a door that your foot wasn't afraid to go through. Trust me. <laughs> And you know what? Even if no one thought I did, I believed it. I did. So that's Damn all straight. <laughs> so no, you're right. And you know what? And I should have mentioned him, two of them. And honestly, when you said mentors, but my biggest cheerleaders were Bob and Rod Grimm. I mean, oh, yeah. and Rod was, I remember Rod at times, I, you know, we'd be at a conference table, this big old conference table. I'd be the only woman there in our, in our organization amongst 15 men. And, and I was in sales and, and Rod would sit there and go, if no one has anything to say at this table, get out of here. Cause I want your input, whether you think it's good or not, you know, we all need to hear what everyone has to say. Yeah. And I think with him and, and Bob, cause Rod unfortunately passed away at a very young age. And then Rob, Bob and I traveled a lot together. They were, you know, always ones that believed in me and felt that I could, you know, I, I'm, going to digress again but I remember once Bob and Rod and I talking and Bob was upset because he called this large Southern California retailer and he would not return his calls I called him and he called me back 
And Bob would go, I don't get it. Why does why does he call her back? He goes, because he'd rather listen to a nice voice than a grumpy old guy, you know? And so in many ways, I think women had advantages. You needed, but the most important thing was you had to earn their respect. And you wanted yeah. their respect. That, you know, and once they... Well, I think, you know, at first men would call me. I mean, I remember I dealt with the New York produce market and I was 27 years old and they were calling me sweetheart and honey bunny and everything else, you know, on the phone. But it didn't bother me. It was like, you know what? So what? I call them sweetheart back, you know, or whatever. So, um, of course, it's changed a lot. Our industry's changed a lot. And for the yeah. good, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I, I believe that you know, yes, yes, we were, it was a tough time for us. And, it, and yes, it's gotten, I don't want to say easier, but it has leveled. The playing field's more even. Yeah. yeah. So um, I just consider it fun times. It was a growing, growing curve and, you know, challenging. Yeah. And I yeah. I love it. Neely, how about you? How, how, what's your opinion on how things have changed? It has changed. And I agree. Like Lisa, I was fortunate. I worked for a family business. I worked with my dad and my uncle um, right. early in my career and they were, you know, protective, but also they gave me a lot of opportunity and I had a support behind me and believing in me being able to, in my ability to, to, to learn from them and, and do my job. Um, but there was a lot, I mean, the, the industry has changed so much and I wasn't, you know, the world has changed a lot since then. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that I guess, I don't know whether it's good or bad, but you just like the sweeties and the, the honeys. Okay. You know, the patronizing there that, that went on, but, you know, it didn't stop me from knowing that I'm going to you know, do my job and I'm going to make the sale and I'm going to get this done. And so it didn't, you know, just deter me from that. And you just kind of learn to live with it, I guess, if that's, um, it just was yeah. part of the nature and it's evolved. And it, I mean, again, it's, we're in a different world now. And I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the, the time that I, I started in this industry and I'm still very proud of the industry then and now. So it's for sure it, it's changed um, and glad to, to have a, a role in it. Whatever. Yeah, what, so, so with that being said, so who's, you know, there's young people coming up, right. And I kind of want to lean into that a little bit and talk about younger generation moving forward as we kind of drift through these questions and thoughts of mine. Talk a little bit about who's out there today that, that you know, is impressing these young people. Let's get some shout outs if you want. You don't have to if you don't have any names. But, I mean, I think of some people that are out there today that are, I think, making a major impact. I think like a Heather Fuller at Braga is one that comes to mind really quick. And um, um, Tony down at Volcano is another one that comes to mind. Obviously, the Kaplan family, the things that they've done is pretty amazing. Um amongst others as well. But I mean, there's some real, there's some really cool people that are doing some cool stuff. Share with me a little bit about who's, who's out there. I, that's kind of fun. I think that like Lisa and I said at the organic produce summit, we were kind of looking around and there's just a lot of new faces. And I think that is really exciting that there's so many young people coming into our industry, excited to be a part of something. Again, we have a great story to tell. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's no, there's no like, you know, there's, there's no real downside. It's, it's, it, there's a value add in, in entering into the produce industry. So 
I am just excited by it. I feel a little, I, I think we felt a little dated because we're like, oh my gosh, you know, like we're, <laughs> there's just a lot of different, a lot of new faces. And yeah. so, um, but it's, but again, I think it's really exciting for the next generations to come in and, and have that passion and carry that torch on. You, yeah. you know, it's funny you say that about new faces, but you, you know, you think about it, it's like, well, that was you too one time. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Know, and, and it's funny because I remember uh, not wanting to be the youngest one in the room, you know, like it was an, it was like kind of offensive at some t- point, like, oh, my age. And now I'm like, just scrambling to try to be kind of <laughs> younger, you know, I'm like, oh, no, no, yeah. I don't fit that bill, but. You know, Neil, he was Renaissance, it was, is Rochelle. I think Rochelle is one of those up and coming young ladies. Yeah. And, uh, there's Ray that's over there with, Ray uh, says, yeah. And there's, there's, there's a lot of them. I mean, I look over at Taylor Farms, some of the women they have there. Bruce is, I mean, he has a lot of women and some very big role. Lisa Hearn, she's, you know, over there at VP Taylor. And um, yeah, it's pretty exciting to see those young ladies out there and um, setting the standards, which is yeah. nice. I love it. And again, I think it all comes back to what we touched on earlier about, you know, getting involved beyond networking, being a part, asserting yourself out there, having the confidence to go do that, you know, and because, because once you get in, once you quite a quote unquote, I want to call it, it's not really this, but once you're kind of quote unquote in the club, man, it becomes a lot easier just to do more things and to get more involved and to ramp up what you want to get, whether it's, whether it's, I want to work on this issue. I like this issue. My company loves this issue. I mean, it becomes so much easier if you just get yourself out there. So to me, I love to see these boardrooms, you know, with women involved and these panels with women involved talking about things from that perspective, because I think it's incredibly important that we have a multiplicity of perspectives when we go to tackle these issues, right? We really do. Let's face it. The guys have fucked it up already to this point. Let's get some girls involved and see if we can't fix this thing up a little bit better, right? I mean, go back and look at some of them. It's like, come on, guys, you let us down on some of these issues. So, no, I appreciate that. But let's lean into this a little bit more if we can. I want to talk, I'd like to talk about this. You know, we've talked about a little bit about the next generation of folks that are starting out in this industry, right? And the easiest question I'll throw out there is a softball question. Lisa, I'll go to you with it first. What advice would you give folks at this point starting in the industry? Okay. So, I got to tell you guys go. this. No, I went to the archives today. I had to have my prop as well. It wasn't the prop I was looking for, but I'm going to show you guys something. You have an archive. What does that mean? We have like a vault. You guys remember this? It was, but it, it was a blue book. This uh-huh. is a red. I got the yeah. cobweb. This is actually 2006, March of 2006. But there used to think, be a thing. Remember? Do you remember when we used to open this book and go? It was my it? Bible. It was I, what you. It's how we did business. I actually think I should tell the packer or whoever does these blue books now that they need to do one at least annually. At least, I mean, because everything's you know online, which is fine, cool. but. Yeah. This thing, it's in front of you. I used to, when I started out in the industry, I would go through, I was told to at least call at least 15 to 20 customers a day to try and get business. And that's what I did. Cold calling them, picking up the phone, not texting or emailing. And this all goes back to relationships. This is how we build relationships. And, And I know we're in a new time and this tech and, I mean, I catch myself emailing and stuff because it's easier, but there's always a tone that you don't realize, you know, you're sending an email and you look at it, you go, wait, wait, should I not send that? Maybe I don't want that out there. And, you know, my biggest advice is pick up the phone, have a conversation, talk to people, 
you know, listen more, most importantly, listen. So, yeah. All right, Nelia, go. I got more questions now. At least it fired no, me I up. I can't it, wait. I think it's great. I think it's ask question, be, be curious. Don't just because you're in a job of sales, like figure out the operations team, the food safety team, like, like find time to shadow other people's within your organization, because I think you're only going to benefit in your role if you understand the broader perspective. So continue to be curious, get involved, um, find mentors. And, and I love, again, I've got some regular calls with some people that we just kind of check in and it's, it's just kind of, you know, it goes both ways. I get, I get feedback from them. They get feedback from me and it's a great learning experience. So lean into the network um, and just always stay curious and always be open to growth. Yeah. Well, I think being curious is great, but I, you know, and I think that recognize you don't know everything that day will never come. Never. Right. And so at the end of the day, keep your mind and perspective open. And I think that that's something that, you know, we touched on a little bit and I'm going to lean into, but I have to say, at least to go back to the, the red book, right. Blue book. Yeah. was the absolute Bible. I, I did the same thing when we started, when there was no organic industry, we started that thing. I literally spent every day going through that dialing people to see if I could get them to buy anything. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it was just like, hang up, hang up, hang up, hang up. I mean, it was the biggest, I mean, literally it was just like, I, it was so rejected and dejected at days. It's just like, I'm over 63 today. But every you now know. and then you got a win. And that I win know. was super exciting because I remember, I'll never forget the day because I was the blue book Bible and I would just keep calling. And there was someone I called and they're like, yeah, I would like a truckload of onions. I'm like, what? what? You know, I was like, who are oh my you? Gosh, this is my so number? Exciting. Crank call, crank call. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah. look, at, hey, you know, be honest with you, if we wouldn't have done it, where were the, you know, I look at the organic perspective, where would it be today? Absolutely. Right. It would have it would have stayed. It would have stayed where it was. And that's how we opened up the doors by, you know, you get one and then you put pressure on another one because you got one. Now you got two. Then you put pressure on two more and you got four. I mean, it's just what it was. It was a different time. But, you know, one of the big things that I see that's that's and we touched on it earlier. And I want to come back around to it because I'd like to get both of you to kind of chime in on it a little bit is that we have this tendency to be incredibly transactional. Now we have a tendency to let data run the day. Right. And I think that that to your point, you both have said this is that we're not really investing as customers any longer in a lot of ways as people. And I think that that becomes really, really dangerous. I'm a big believer that if you have five minutes on the phone and the order takes a minute and a half, you better know the dog's name by the end of the next three and a half minutes, right? Because that's what you need to do in order to invest in what we're doing. Because we're dealing with a highly perishable, you know, fast moving, fast paced, always changing. You know, the price of something today may not be the price it is, you know, maybe the price, maybe 10 bucks at seven in the morning, but it may be $13 by 9.15, right? And it becomes, you're not going to know that unless you have people that you're working with. So when you look at today, and to your point that you talked about earlier, Lisa, about investing into people, I mean, did, how much does that concern you with some of these young folks today that, you know, like, look, they're on their phones, it's, it's plug and play, it's go, it's blow and go, it's fast. But I also see it as a little bit dangerous too in the long game for businesses. You know, I think this, what do you call it, COVID, whatever. It COVID-19, COVID. Things, you know, um, we, we had to, you know, we had to go home. We worked out of our homes and we, we made it work. Believe me, we all made yeah. it work, but everybody got used to being transactional on the computer. I trade everything else. And, and that was going on before COVID, but, but it still created, I mean, we we're back in the office 
Um, we do have a little flex, you know, with our team. They can have a day here. They are scheduled their day. But the importance of being in an office, for produce at least, for office atmosphere, I think is you hear a lot of things. You hear a lot of things. You hear things going on to the person next cubby over from you or whatever. And you, you know, you just used the word cubby. I know I did cubicle. I just wanted to, I just, I just feel like I just went to, I just walked back into kindergarten, put your shit in the cubby, kid. Cubicle. And, Thank you. you know, I did say that and I thought, okay, hopefully that didn't. Oh, I totally caught that. So anyway, um, yeah. So I, I think you need to hear what's going on. You need to, you know, be involved. Um, when you're not here day to day, so many things slip through and, um, and this transactional thing, honestly, I thought it was going to make my life easier. It doesn't. It, it, it seems like it's made it harder. There's just so much work and so much going on. And you got to dot your eyes, cross your T's constantly. Um, I think it's the, I think it's, it's an evil in some ways, you know, like to your point, it's going to take away from relationships. Um, and it's not just on the, our end. It's over on the customer end too. They don't want to talk mm -hmm. to you, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you guys, I'm dating myself now, really dating myself, but years ago, 30 plus years ago, I did a peak for sale sales seminar. And it was this gentleman who taught how to make a sale on, on a call. There's like 10 people around a table, 10 or 12. And right. you also, for this, I did it up in Monterey and he would berate you. I mean, he would like, you try to make a sale to him. Well, why would I want to buy those from you? Why, well, tell me what's better than your stuff, you know, but he taught me so much. And, and to this day, the one thing he always said to me and the team did, the group did was, and I think this is true. He goes, you, they go, what, what do you think about Lisa when she picks up the phone? I go, you can tell she's kind and she's smiling, you know, you, you, you cause you can sense that with people. Yeah. And if I think that's such, a, that is so, um, it's such a necessity. You, that's why talking to people, you, you get to know them, you get to, you know, you read them, even though you're not face to face, you read them. So yeah. um, I know that was kind of long. I no, 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 but it's absolutely spot on. And I mean, the fact you brought up Pete Purcell is epic. Cubby and Pete, Cubby and Pete Purcell in the same, same answer. I mean, come on, two for two. <laughs> I, but I, I think just saying on Lisa's, on the same, the same vein of that. Just say Cubby. Just, just say Cubby. <laughs> and just, just say Cubby. You have to say Cubby. cubby. You have to open up with Cubby. cubby. Okay. When I sat in my Cubby. <laughs> uh, but I think it's the, it's the human element. I think that is such an important factor that people, you know, I, I think there's this pressure to sell. And, and I'll remember like my first board meeting back when I was with United and just the level of intimidation sitting next to like a Richie, uh, uh, Reggie Griffin. And I was like, oh, you know, these retailers. And I'm like, I'm just, you know, they're all human at the at the end of the day, the core, we're all yeah. human. And so I've always kind of said, I was never really good at sales because I will tell you everything I can tell you about my product. But you know, if, if, if it's something you don't need, I'm not going to try to oversell it, but I'll connect with you and I'll be a resource for you. And I'll, I'll tell it to you straight. I'm going to give you, you know, the honest truth. And I just think, you know, that's where it's, it's don't, don't hyper-focus on, you know, the task at hand, but again, everyone has this human element. And I think it was at the beginning of the pandemic, there was one of the, I forget what webinar it was, but there was a CEO that was speaking as a guest panelist on this webinar. And all of a sudden 
the camera shut down and, you know, the audio left and then they came back and they're like, okay, all my kids are home doing, you know, schoolwork. So I had to shut everybody down. And I'm like, it just made them so much more like real, real. And I was like, we're all human at the end of the day, we're all human. And so how do we connect with those, you know, with people and make those connections and then, you know, add value to what they're doing and tell our stories. And, you know, I, I think it's just, let's not forget that. Yeah, well, you know, somebody gave me some advice long ago that it, you know sometimes ultimately you'll make more money off the produce you don't sell than the produce you do sell, and I think that's something to remember that it's not always about grabbing the PO. You know, it's an important part of the whole business. We got to have them to fl- you know turn on the lights. I get how the games play, but in the same token, there's value in people, there's value in relationships, there's an understanding that where we come from is a, you know a category that's driven by craziness, right? I mean, it's driven by perishability. It doesn't have a long time to talk about stuff. You got to go. And to your point, everybody's human, right? We all, you know, everybody opens up their eyes the same kind of way in the morning and off we go. And we have, we care about the same thing. We want to be hugged. We want to be loved. We want to be made valued. You know, those are important things. And I think when we get away from that, we, we hurt ourselves because we are an industry that's connected in ways morally and with values and stuff. So yeah, well said. Well said, ladies. I love it. And we said cubby, which I, that's going to be a hash. Did you see my cup? It says, it's cool to be kind. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm not being unkind at all. I'm just bringing up Cubby. I mean, I'm hopefully there's a hashtag Cubby that we can lean into. We can do it. We can, or at least a new it. drinking game we can start. We can. Yes. Every time somebody says Cubby, you got to throw a shot back. I'm loving that game. I love it. This has been a blast. Tell me what's going, what's the kind of, what's next? What's going on for the rest? You know, what's, what's exciting? Grimley, what's exciting? Calavo, more importantly, what's exciting coming up for you too? Go first. Go Rochambeau. Who's going first? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm starting to travel again. Um, honestly, I think I've learned over the past about a couple of years. I don't need to travel as much as I used to. Um, but I still like being, again, I like that human element. I like seeing the customers um, ready to get back out there. And, you know, a food service, again, trying to get the sales back to where they were pre-COVID. Um, COVID. Yep. COVID. Yeah, they won't put a, they won't put a warning label up. We say COVID. We'll fool them. <laughs> you know, yeah, I just I'm excited. I think you know, um, every day is a new adventure, and it's um, it's it's always to me this industry is fun. I mean, it's nice to be able to have a job that you enjoy going to every day and sure. meeting people and stuff. I I am so blessed and so fortunate. So I guess you know, getting back out there, seeing people. I expect the IFPA, the global summit is going to be huge. Um, Cause I've just noticed the, these summer events that we've gone to, you know, the organic show and food service and other Southeast produce councils coming up. They're all busy. Everybody wants to get back out and touch and feel, you know, just be, be present in the moment. Yeah. I love it. Nelia, how about you? What's, what's going on? What's exciting? Yeah, Calavo's exciting. Uh, we've got, we've had, you know, a lot of change in the past year, but we've got our new branding, which is exciting. We've got some new products coming out. It is nice to be out in person um, at, at trade shows and seeing people in, in person. So I think there's a lot, there's a big future for the company for sure. And I'm really excited to be a part of it and to continue to learn on my professional career journey. Um, personally, I'm about to be an empty nester. So Jeez. I... I've got that doesn't suck. 
No, nope. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not excited at all. I'm really going to No, be... I wouldn't be. It's it's tra- it's hard. No, but, it's trust me. Yeah. Um my daughter will start and join my son at Cal Poly, which they're both third generation. We have a long legacy. My dad, my uncle, my husband, my stepdaughter, my son-in-law, and now both my kids are all Cal Poly. So shout out to Cal Poly Proud. Go um, Mustangs. Go Mustangs. So I'm really excited for that and yeah. Cheers. Good. I love <laughs> Good it. I love it. What a fun chat. We're I all going these, to college. I, Woohoo. Oh, good God. Yeah. I, you know, something, something tells me that something tells me that you would just be at the punch bowl at the sorority, just hanging until three in the morning. I'm trying to anyone. be the house mom. I'm trying to be the house mom at the paternity house. This might be my secondary job, but. I, you know what? I, I could, I, I could literally pledge in this outfit and probably get in, in today's world. For sure. <laughs> Got I'm you. just do you play? Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I, I can see. Yeah, I'll come. To, I want to come to a party. If you're the house mom, I'm coming. I want to come to some party. You got they play we'll football. Come over. Well, maybe it'll just be this house. We'll have like our own fraternity house. Per, my, done. Not a problem. Turn. Yeah. That'd be and, if I, and if I, you know, and if I show up like this at your house, you know, I could literally be a celebrity outside. The <laughs> cows would look at ball. I've got yeah. The cows would love you. Yeah. The cows would look at me like, holy shit! The mothership is landing. The mothership. <laughs> See, <laughs> so yeah, like I, I said, holy oh, cow, I, I threw that in there. And that was, that was nice. That was nice. Well, I try, I try you know, I try, I try as cubby. much as I can. That <laughs> came from my little cubby up here. <laughs> I love Ladies, I love you both immensely. I appreciate you. You are literally the highlight of my life today. It has been so much fun putting this together. It was so much fun to say, let's do this and to get it on the books and make schedules aligned. Like I said, I got the unicorns. And I had to be a unicorn. I mean, why couldn't I do that? I had no choice. It was so worth wearing this god awful outfit that I bought at Walmart in the women's department at a onesie, which is just, by the way, it's just, it's just, it's. I'm feel, I'm offending myself in this outfit to be quite it looks frank. Looks good with on you. you. I do look good. The Walmart department. Are you stalking women in the Walmart department? It was on the no. It was on the end cap. I'm not going to lie. It was on the end cap, and I I knew this was coming up, and it popped right into my head, and I said, "Done. Oh. Let's go." What's okay. the biggest size? And I should have said, do you have a bigger size? <laughs> I, I literally, I literally cannot feel my left leg any longer in this outfit. That's the truth. It's just cut off all the shirt. I'm, I'm just, I'm dying here right now. I'm slowly dying in a unicorn outfit. Not the way I thought I would go, but I'm okay with it. Oh my God. You brightened no. my afternoon. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. No, I appreciate awesome. you both very much. Much love to you. Thank you. Come back anytime. This platform is I'd love to chat. This is fun. I think people are going to get a lot out of it. And I look forward to seeing you guys somewhere sometime soon, for sure. Mm. Not on Zoom, no. you know, and uh, God, maybe we can grab a drink or something. Let's done. I, well, okay. you know what? I'm already, Hey, I'm already dressed. Let's go. I can reach you anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow I'm pretty positive walking outside in 104 degree day. And this year, I, I literally will implode. It'd be like a flash <laughs> of light and I'll be gone. Yeah. I'll go back to the uniforms, unicorn spaceship. So thank you both for being here. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you too. Don't forget, go inspire somebody like this conversation I know did for you. It's very important. Just saying hello to somebody is a source of inspiration. It's not hard to do and we all can do it. It's not a big lift. So let's make sure we keep doing it because we need more of that in this planet. Thanks for everybody. Check us out on social media. We hang out there because that's where they tell me we are and the cool kids are there. So why wouldn't we be with cool kids wearing unicorn outfits? Anyways, TLC underscore Toddversation all over the place. We appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thanks, ladies. Love you both. Bye. Love you. See you. Love you too. Bye.